You are listening to the Prepared Patient Podcast with Dr. Jennifer Genty, where we discuss what it really takes to heal your body with the simple tools, resources, and mindset to get you there. I am determined to show you the reality of navigating the medical space as a patient, caregiver, and loved one so you can be empowered and take back the most precious and important asset of your life, which is your health. Let's get ready, comfortable, and get started. Hello, warriors. Hello, healers. Welcome back to the podcast. And if you are watching this on YouTube, I want to welcome you to my channel. My goal here is to give you the education that you need to help prepare you to get the best treatment possibly. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you want to see the video version of this, I would love for you to head over to YouTube to watch this. I want to thank all of you for keeping up with the Hormonal Imbalance mini-series. As I am navigating this journey, I'm also learning that many of us are going through hormonal imbalance, whether it's, you know, with your menstrual cycles, menopause, perimenopause, or you just feel off in your body, you need to learn this information. Not only is it gonna help you in decreasing any frustrations or headaches, or you could be faced with not getting the proper treatment, but this will also help the way you communicate with your doctors so that you can get the best care possible. So last week we talked about the testing. You need to test for your hormones. We cannot guess, and my test of choice is saliva because saliva helps identify hormones that are free that are looking for receptor sites because that's the hormones that are readily available to enter our cells our tissues our organs to help us perform at our best and this week we're going to talk about pms pmdd estrogen and then next we will talk about pcos progesterone and then we'll see if we have time infuse a little bit of endometriosis but all right so let's get started now if you have not before we get started if you have not grab the hormone balancer recipe guide i would highly highly encourage you do so because as we are at the time of recording we're about to go into christmas and new Year's, and i know many of us are looking for ways to up level our healthy eating so the hormone balancer recipe guides can help you start your healthy eating going into 2024 all right it is a free resource these are a few recipes that are extracted from my current hormone and sex survival program recipes meal plans that i give to my patients and i put them in a nice layout for you to help you start eating healthy so you can start feeding your body the nutrients that it needs to work for you again it's free I have something for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's a tea that I have smoothies in there. Like literally, if you grab the hormone balancer recipe guide and you give it seven days and you eat the food that's in it, I guarantee you, you will start feeling better. You'll see a difference because you will be decreasing the toxins that you could be eating from the food that you're eating now. And you will also infuse the nutrients to help your body perform. And of course, you should still test your hormones. You should still identify the root cause of your problem. You should still go see your doctor and, and see which hormones you need to balance. You should do all the things, but I don't want you to wait until you do all of that 
to start to start your healthy journey because as i mentioned before the way we eat to balance our hormones is different than the way we eat for other health issues so let's get started pms pre-menstrual syndrome is often misdiagnosed as a psychological problem because of all the symptoms but it is a hormone disorder that happens two weeks before menstruation where most people can experience both physical psychological symptoms that we do shortly after when bleed starts when you start bleeding so two weeks before you start your period many people will have you know emotional issues psychological issues emotional physical issues and that's what we call premenstrual syndrome premenstrual syndrome now research stated that more than 85 percent of women experience pms so it's a large population more than 40 of those 85 people that experience pms also experience PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, where the symptoms of PMS are worse and debilitated and affect the quality of your life. So we have PMS and we have PMDD. So think about PMDD as PMS symptoms like threefold, exacerbated. I'll go over the different types of PMS and we'll go over the symptoms. With PMDD, you will see you will have severe emotional, cognitive, and physical functional impairment. So that's how severe this syndrome is. Because the body responds differently from the hormone fluctuations that are happening. Lots of neurotransmitter involvement with PMDD like serotonin, GABA, dopamine, the feel-good hormones. So that is why with PMDD, we see a lot of emotional and cognitive symptoms with patients experiencing this type of dysphoric disorder. So it's one thing to have PMS, but PMDD is like elevated symptoms. So as you could imagine, if you have PMDD, it is gonna be harder to treat. So PMS is easier to treat because when it comes to PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, you really have to think about the hormones and also the neurotransmitters. So that's why people with PMDD and PMS get put on, you know, antidepressant, anti-anxiety medications because they are looking at this group of individuals as like, you know, they're crazy. But when in fact, they have like multiple things going on with them and it's not their fault that they feel the way they feel. So let's talk about what causes PMS and slash PMDD. So changes in hormone levels, too much estrogen or too little estrogen, not enough progesterone. Again, the hormones are fluctuating, so therefore you can have too much of one not enough so that's why we need to test higher toxicity level thyroid issues not enough fatty acid in your body prolactin deficiency pms pmdd can also be caused by fluid and electrolyte imbalances where you have too much sodium not enough potassium those that drink a lot of caffeine can also put you at risk for pms blood sugar issues sometimes low blood sugar most often it's low blood sugar but stress can also cause PMS. Nutritional deficiencies, if you're not feeding your body the proper nutrients to help balance and produce those hormones, you can put yourself into premenstrual regularities. Oral contraceptive, yes, there's a lot of oral pills out there, the IUD, the patch, that that have fake or synthetic hormones that could create later on as you get your period, this dysfunction. Partial hysterectomy is one of the causes. I mean, there are so many causes of PMS, but these are the most common. We're gonna go over the list of the symptoms for both PMS and PMDD. And remember, the symptoms are enhanced with PMDD, right? So when I go over the list, just think about, you know, these things like 
three times higher, like way higher. We're going to discuss different types of PMS, as I mentioned, and we're going to visit some, you know, these symptoms. And I'm also going to tell you guys what you should be considering when it comes to healing or navigating those symptoms. So symptoms of PMS and PMDD, abdominal bloating, angry outburst, backaches, mood swings, acne, breast tenderness and swelling, confusion, constipation, cramps, craving, dizziness, depression, crying spells, decreased sex drive, like low libido, low productivity, low concentration, lack of motivation, drowsiness, headaches, fatigue, forgetfulness, water retention, have flashes. You can have hives. I've seen patients having hives two weeks prior to their menstrual cycles because of increased food sensitivities or toxins trying to come out to the pores. Difficulty sleeping, joint pain, leg pain, nausea, palpitations, panic attacks. You can have flu-like symptoms, ringing in the ears, sinus pain, sinus pressure, tingling in your hands and feet, visual changes, sensitivities to food, to light, sensitivities to noise, and also vomiting. You can even have some weird symptoms that you'll never correlate with PMS or PMDD like seizures, variation in your blood um, personalities, and also changes in the blood pressure. Again, so if you have like certain symptoms, prior to having your menstrual cycles and then after you have your menstrual cycles, which in those few days it goes away, this is part of PMS and PMDD. And I've also seen patients with a menstrual migraine. Now with menstrual migraine, when ovulating, you should always look at your progesterone. So quick tips. Now let's talk about the types of PMS. PMSA, that's one type. That's when you have more estrogen and or low progesterone or progesterone deficiency. Symptoms of PMSA are anxiety. So it's more like anxiety predominantly, difficulty sleeping, irritability, and very emotional. Another type of PMS is PMSC, which is when you have sugar cravings. So we focus most on carbohydrate cravings. For those of you that have PMS and you feel like you need carbs, you need sugar, so you have PMSC. So this will um, lead to increased appetite, headache, low blood sugar, increased sweating and heart palpitation. PMSD. So with PMSD, you have, again, a lot of estrogen. So major estrogen imbalance affecting the brain. So symptoms can lead to depression, crying, fatigue, despair, feeling of hopelessness, sleep difficulties, and low sexual desire. And then we have PMSH. H stands for hyperhydration. So again, excessive estrogen symptoms can lead to hand and feet swelling. So that's when you have the bloat, the weight gain, your clothes, feet tighter. You have breast tenderness and you just feel swollen all over and inflamed. So that means you have hyperhydration. Now, when it comes to treating PMS, conventionally, again, they'll give you a pill, they give you some antidepressant, you know, some SSRI, um, Cytalopram, Prozac, Zoloft, and that's it, right? And then, or maybe they'll put you on, you know, hormonal birth controls or contra or contraceptive. But when in fact, there are so many things you can do, herbs is what I use in my practice to help with PMS. So that's PMS. To keep this podcast short, let's go straight into estrogen. Estrogen. Well, estrogen is a sex and steroids and growth hormones. All genders have estrogen so it's not only females men also have estrogen so with estrogen you have an increase during puberty and then it kind of decreases as we go into pre peri and menopause and you need 
cholesterol to make estrogen. Estrogen can be produced in two different places in the body. So it's not only your ovaries and testes can produce estrogen. You can also produce estrogen in your adrenal glands, adipose tissue, and also placenta for those patients that are pregnant. So it's the ovaries and testes. If you're female ovaries, male testes, adipose tissue, adrenal glands, the stool glands that sit on top of your kidneys, and then for pregnant people, so we have receptor sites all over our bodies, in our ovaries, breast tissue, vaginal tissues. Estrogen affects the bone, the brain, the heart, the lungs, the kidneys, the bladder, the muscles, the gut, and also you need it for sexual health. So there's receptor sites all over the body. But one of its main functions is to maintain the pH of the vagina between 3 to 4.5. We want to keep it slight and we want to keep it acidic. And also job of estrogen is to make the vagina elastic and well lubricated so that when we are having intercourse, we have mixed penetration more comfortable. So no dryness, no pain down there. Now, there are three types of estrogen. I don't know if you know that, three types, so you need to know what they are. The first one is estron, which is E1. These hormones occurs during menopause and is mainly produced by the fat tissue. The second type of estrogen is estradiol, which is E2. It is the most potent and common form of estrogen in the body the one that we test for the most. So when we test your estrogen, we look mainly looking at estradiol. And then you have E3, which is the weakest estrogen seen during pregnancy, right, produced by the placenta. But if you're not pregnant, you're not producing estriol, mostly in pregnancy. And estrogen has over 400 functions in the body, but a lot of functions. So you need estrogen. We're just gonna discuss a few. For reproductive health, it regulates the menstrual cycle and repairs the uterine lining for pregnancy. It also influences the maturation of eggs during ovulation. For brain function, remember there's receptor sites in the brain, and has various functions in the brain, includes mood regulation and cognitive function. So they feel good, your brain feels good, you need estrogen. For cardio health, it contributes to the health of the cardiovascular system by maintaining flexibility of blood vessels, also influences cholesterol level. But you also need estrogen for insulin, you need estrogen to regulate body temperature, for muscle damage, to maintain your muscle mass, you need estrogen for sleep, you need estrogen for your eyesight, cataracts, to prevent macular degeneration, you need estrogen to open up your blood vessels, dilates arteries, it's cardioprotective, blood flow, you need estrogen to decrease the risk of colon cancer, you need estrogen to prevent Alzheimer's disease, I mean you need estrogen to keep your vagina acidic, so to prevent infection, and you need it for sexual health, as I mentioned. So what causes low estrogen? We have different causes. A few are natural decline like in estrogen like pre pair and postmenopause you have low estrogen removal of ovaries or uterus uterus through surgery can also decrease estrogen level in proper hormone replacement therapies right if you work with a practitioner and they give you too much progesterone too much testosterone so you have an imbalance so you can have low estrogen poor diet or eating or eating disorders like anorexia can disrupt hormonal level you need to eat healthy you need to feed your body for hormone balance high physical activity with low body fat can reduce estrogen and premature ovarian failure like early loss of ovarian function before age 40 right can decrease estrogen remember estrogen also affects the kidneys the bladder so chronic kidney issues thyroid disorders can affect your estrogen whether you have hypo or hyper can influence estrogen production cancer treatment like chemotherapy radiation and also drugs medications can also affect your estrogen level 
So symptoms of low estrogen level, we have irregular or no period, have flashes, night sweat, trouble concentrating, mood changes, lack of motivation, fatigue, drowsiness, trouble sleeping, dry skin, vagina dryness, decreased libido, joint pain, weak, weak and brittle bones. You need estrogen for all this to kind of not in existence. Now, what causes too much estrogen? Because there's low estrogen, you can also have way too much. Too much estrogen symptoms. We have weight gain, mostly waist and hips, irregular period, either light or heavy, PMS, PMDD, acne, water retention, puffiness, fatigue, irritability, anxiety, mood swings, uterine fibroids, and ovary and cyst, fibrocystic breast disease, you have way too much estrogen, PCOS, endometriosis, too much estrogen, increased risk of uterine cancer, breast cancer, and autoimmune disease. Remember, estrogen is a growth hormone, so if you have way too much of it, it can accelerate the growth of those cancer cells. Now, what causes too much estrogen? What are the causes of too much estrogen or estrogen dominance? The first one is taking ex excessive supplementation, right, like oral contraceptive. Uh, patients that are put on too much estrogen from practitioners who did not check the levels first. I see so many of those in my practice. Estrogen prescribed for menopausal symptoms without proper assessment. You gotta test, you gotta identify the root cause before you start those hormone replacement therapies. Elimination of estrogen, like poor liver function, detoxification, lack of exercise. I know too much exercise can decrease estrogen, but uh, lack can also decrease estrogen. Poor diet, we I mean, have an increase in fat, carbs, and grain. Weight, too many toxins, environmental estrogen, like from plastics or the air or personal care products. Too much red meat. Yeah, because remember, some of those red meats, those animals have been injected with, you know, antibiotic hormones so, and also, you know, plastic. I mentioned that. So you're going to say, well, Dr. J, what should I do? Because I think my hormones are out of rock. I think my body's, in, you know, my hormones are imbalanced. I don't feel good in my body. And many of the symptoms that you mentioned I'm experiencing right now. Well, what you need to do is first test. Do not guess. Do a full hormone panel. And uh, my preference is saliva. Work with a practitioner who knows well about hormonal balance and they have helped many people balance the hormones. Make sure they are guiding you, monitoring throughout the whole process. Now give you the products and then that's it. Detox. You got to make sure you are removing heavy metals, fake estrogen, and you have to make lifestyle changes. Right? Exercise, improve sleep, manage your stress, hydration. Make sure you lose weight. Incorporate supplementation like magnesium and vitamin B6. Herbal therapies. Oh my God, I love herbs. Herbs is so good for hormones. So good for weight loss. I have my hormone and sex survival programs. We mostly use herbs. Then my sex survival program, we use herbs as well. Healthy eating to infuse nutrients to help balance your hormones. Remember, you can get your hands on my hormone balancer recipe guide to get started for free. If you're confused, you don't know what to eat, I have the guide for you. Take advantage of it. But make sure if you're not getting my guide, make sure you're on a low sugar diet, low carb diet. Make sure you have nutritionist foods. Make sure you have your diet is anti-inflammatory. And then I have all the links listed in the show notes below. The link for the hormone balancer recipe guide. If you want to go further and how I can help you because we are accepting new patients and we do insurance verification. So feel free to schedule a free natural healing assessment call with me. Let's discuss how I can help you. Going into 2024, this is the year for you to heal your body. And I would love to be on that journey with you. And we're going to identify the root cause. We're going to do the proper testing and we're going to get you some answers. And then you will decide what you want to do. Again, thank you so much for um, watching the YouTube channel or listening to this podcast. Next week, we're going to talk about PCOS, progesterone, as I mentioned, and maybe a little bit of endometriosis. 
and then I will continue to educate you and I can't wait to see how well you're doing ending the year 2023 and moving into 2024. Again, feel free to grab our hormone balancer recipes and feel free to schedule a free natural healing assessment call. I love you and I want to wish you a happy holidays if you listen to this on the holidays. And I can't wait to speak to you on the other side. Oh, do me a favor. Don't forget to share, subscribe, please. Share with all the people. We have to stick together and we have to, you know, heal our bodies. And there's so much. You have so many options and I just want more people to know about them. So thank you. You have a wonderful rest of your evening, day, morning. Bye-bye. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode. Do me a favor. If you found this episode valuable, informative, and resonated with you, Please share, subscribe, and leave a review. If you have any questions and need further assistance, you will see all of our contact information in the show notes below. Send us any questions you have, and then we'll be more than happy to help you. Until then, stay tuned, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.